the WHO? Political activist group? As the coronavirus has spread... Oops, sorry, my phone is not... Oops, dang, CNN, Twitter, come on. As a Calvin virus... Calvin. <laughs> Calvin is uh, where my uh, fiance goes to school. That's funny, I said Calvin versus Corona. Uh, anyway, hopefully uh, Media Matters, if you're listening, does not uh, misquote me on this and uh, say that I'm uh, being uh, racist towards people who live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But anyway... The coronavirus has shown us who we can trust and who we cannot. Who is more concerned with helping humanity than pushing an agenda? The World Health Organization is one organization that I am unsure of. I say this because they're supposed to not promote political views or spend time defending authoritarian governments, but they seem to be doing just that. What is the WHO, the World Health Organization, you may ask? Uh, quoting from their website, the WHO began when our Constitution came into force on April 7, 1948, a day we now celebrate every year as World Health Day. Actually, we just passed that. Now we are more than 7,000 people working in 150 county country offices and six regional offices at our headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland. Our primary goal is to direct and coordinate international health within the United Nations system. Our main areas of work are health systems, health throughout the life course, non-communicable and communicable diseases, preparedness, surveillance, and response, and corporate service. Alright, realize in there that they never say anything about defending anybody. Alright, they never say anything about spreading one point of view. Alright, but as we go through today, come back to what their primary goals are. According to Gordon Chang, a Chinese-American columnist, China has bought the WHO. In an interview with NTB News host Simone Gowell released Wednesday, uh, Chang says, in quotes, WHO officials say nothing or say anything China wants them to say, so China has been issuing statistics showing that new infections are on the downslope. It corresponds with what Xi Jinping wants to do, which is to get Chinese workers back to their job sites. Whenever you have statistics support a leader's policies, you've got to first be very concerned. We don't know what's going on inside of China, and I don't even think the WHO knows." End quote. To set up what the the discussion is today, uh, there's been a lot of controversy as far as how the WHO has defended China in the recent weeks and months and how the uh, WHO, uh, in many people's opinion, has not been doing a good enough job as far as uh, really trying to help stop what is going on. Um, and, you know, as we go throughout today, I just want you to kind of keep that in the back of your mind is where do you where do you see uh, a problem with the information that I will be sharing with you. First, we must go and see how China mishandled the spread of the coronavirus. That's the first thing that we have to do. So, according to a New York Times article published on February 7th of 2020, end quotes, the World Health Organization has offered to come and help in Wuhan, but Beijing has shown no interest so far. All right, weeks went by, people. Weeks went by when the Chinese government did nothing, did not want anybody from the outside to come in, including the WHO, the uh, CDC, the Center for Disease Control, you know, centered in the United States. Weeks went by. 
According to TravelAndLeisure.com, a team from the World Health Organization is finally being permitted to visit China the day after the country saw a record-breaking amount of people die from coronavirus. The WHO team is scheduled to land in China on Monday evening to begin its investigation and assist in the epidemic containment. Uh, this was posted on uh, February 10th of 2020. According to an NPR article published on February 8th of 2020, Tedros Adhaman I'm butchering that last name, uh, pardon me, uh, the WHO Director General, who's basically the, you know, the head of WHO and the uh, major spokesperson for the WHO, uh, said, a team of international experts has been assembled with the goal of sending the first members of the team to China by early next week. He said he is hoping officials from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention will be a part of the mission. The announcement follows weeks of requests from the WHO and CDC to travel to the country to assist in investigating the virus. All right, weeks went by and the Chinese government wanted no one from the outside to be involved. Why is that? Think about it. Why would they not want outsiders in? All right, and I'm not trying to dictate what you believe as far as, oh, if the it was created, uh, you know, COVID-19 was created in a lab or if it was, you know, the there's no, without a doubt, somebody ate a bat, but there's not any proof to say really where that bat came from. All right. How that bat ended up in that Wuhan wet market. All right. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, and be a conspiracy theorist and say, I a hundred percent agree and believe that the Chinese government created the COVID-19 virus. It's a possibility. It hasn't been ruled out. It also hasn't been ruled out that maybe, you know, it started in the bat and then the bat, uh, it was found to be in the bat. And then the Chinese government in the uh, center, the uh, testing center in Wuhan decided to look into and start experimenting with the bat. All right. It's not, not been proven. I'm not going to sit here and say exactly who's at fault. Uh, if, whether it's just, you know, this was created in nature or if it was created in a Chinese lab. I'm not sitting here and going to get into that argument. All right, what I'm saying is, though, is that the Chinese government knew about this back in November of 2019. Okay, and these two articles show the WHO was not let into China until February 10th. All right, that's two and a half, closer to three months, that they knew that there was something going wrong. All right, and I'll give them, I'll, I'll hold them accountable in a correct fashion, I think. You know, with, with anything new, and like I said, or not like I said, but I'm not no uh, health expert. You know, I'm studying to be a teacher. I really know nothing about, uh, you know, how, how labs work and things like that. All right, but they, they knew that this, this coronavirus or the COVID-19 was spreading so fast that the Chinese government should have allowed the WHO to come in and help. All right, and do their part and do their role, but they didn't. All right, and the WHO has sit back and then defended China's response to how they have handled this, which I can't understand how, because simply looking at the facts of what I just told you, it makes no sense at all. Also, though, during this time, the Chinese government has been eliminating whistleblowers on COVID-19. I say eliminating, not so as there's proof that uh, they have killed or murdered uh, these whistleblowers, but as far as uh, taking them out of the public eye or at least forcing them to not speak in public. Reading from a BBC article published on February 14th, 2020, in quotes, 
Coronavirus. Why have two reporters in Wuhan disappeared? They are citizen journalists wanting to provide the truth of what is happening in Wuhan, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak in China. They posted videos online, shared pictures and dramatic stories from inside the quarantine city that had, has been virtually cut off from the rest of the world. Now they are nowhere to be found. Feng Bin and Chen Kishi were both determined to share what they could about the crisis. Reporting from Wuhan, the capital of Hubei province, and sending what they found out to the world. As a result, they racked up thousands of views on their videos, but their channels have got now gone quiet, and those who followed them online fear they may be disappeared for good. It goes on to discuss a little bit who uh, these people are. Uh, what have authorities said, though, this uh, says. Chinese authorities have remained tight-lipped on the issue. There have been no official statements detailing where Feng Bing or Shen Kishi are, or when they are likely to emerge if they have been put into quarantine. Patrick Poon, a researcher at Amnesty International, said it is still unclear whether Chang or Feng were taken away by police or placed under forced quarantine. However, he added that authorities should at least ensure family members were contacted. Chinese authorities should infer, inform their families and give them access to a lawyer of their choice. Otherwise, it's a legitimate concern that they are at risk of torture or other ill treatment, Mr. Poon told the BBC. End quote. All right, it's something, something to note that these two individuals have still not been found. Why? Why, why would you deliberately... You know, whether they're being forced into hiding or not, why, why, why would you limit free speech in this way? These two people are not the only example. According to a Guardian post, they're chasing me, the journalist who wouldn't stay quiet on COVID-19. Li Zihu is missing, presumed detained. He's one of many for whom the coronavirus crisis has led to a political awakening and a demand for free speech. Li Zihu, 25. A citizen journalist in Wuhan is being chased, wearing a face mask underneath a baseball cap. He quickly records a video while driving. I'm on the road and someone, I don't know, state security, has started chasing me, he says breathlessly. I'm driving very fast, help me. Later, Lee posts a live stream of himself in an apartment, waiting for those same agents to knock on his door, probably to detain him. In an impassioned monologue, he explains why he quit a stable job at China's state broadcaster, CCTV, and how he came to Wuhan on his own. I don't want to remain silent or shut my eyes and ears. It's not that I can't have a nice life with a wife and kids. I can. I'm doing this because I hope more young people can, like me, stand up, he says. The live stream posted on Weibo, where it was later deleted, and on YouTube, shows two men in plain clothes entering the apartment and then cuts out. End quote. Wow. Wow. Free speech. Alright. When free speech is destroyed, how can you trust anything that the people in power of that said state, in this case China, want to put out? It's sad. Alright, but let's look closely at the WHO. Alright, let's go back to the WHO's Director General, All right, who has the most weight in the WHO. Tedros Adhaman Gehebreses says, like I said, butchering the last name. Reading from his Wikipedia page, he seems to be a pretty decent guy. Alright, so, 
from his Wikipedia page. Uh, Tedros Ahaman is an Ethiopian microbiologist and internationally recognized malaria researcher who has served since 2007 as Director General of the World Health Organization. Tedros is the first non-physician and first African in the role. He has held two high-level positions in the government of Ethiopia, Minister of Health from 2005 to 2012 and Minister of Foreign Affairs from 2012 to 2016. Alright, he seems like a pretty good guy on paper. But, what if I told you he was a high-ranking member of the political party, the Tagra People's Liberation Front? Do you know who they are? I assume you probably don't, as I uh, didn't know uh, until researching this uh, over the last few days. According to KPRC 90.5, as John Martin explains in his excellent piece, The Crimes of Tedros Ahaman, during his time in Ethiopia, the WHO chief was a member of the Tigray People's Liberation Front, TPLF, a violent communist revolutionary party which was listed as a terrorist organization by the U.S. government in the 90s. According to one Ethiopian newspaper, Adhaman was listed as the third most important member of the political bureau standing committee in the TPLF. End quote. I'll get more into the actually the article by John Martin in just a second. All right. So what do we know so far? Well, this man who is the head of the WHO is a high-ranking member in a terrorist organization that was listed and is not anymore according to the United States terrorist organization uh, database. All right, but he was a part of it up until maybe even currently today, but up until his election as the uh, director general of the WHO. Reading from an article by John Martin in the rough estimate uh, in quotes, and this is a little bit longer of a uh, article, but I, I I would highly recommend after I'm done reading uh, what I'm reading that you go back and read the whole ar- or argument uh, article as it is a, a very lengthy article. But I would love to read just a, a short snippet. Tedros Ahaman Gabriesis, as well as being the first WHO director without a medical degree, also has a somewhat political background compared to his pre- predecessors. On his online biography, the WHO lays out his qualifications as Ethiopian Minister of Health from 2000 to 2012. Aside from his medical credentials, Tedros happens to be a member of the Tigray People's Liberation Front, TPLF, which is an organization about as peaceful as its name suggests. Founded as a communist revolutionary party that came to power in 1991, it led a guerrilla campaign against the Megustu dictatorship and formed a coalition with two other ethnic parties after his exile. Over time, the TPLF began to exert more and more influence over the other two parties. Most military generals and key leaders within the government are Tigray, including the prime minister who ruled the country for 21 years before his death. The Tigray represent only 6% of the population of Ethiopia. One of the major ethnic groups are the Ahamar, Amhara, who mostly made up the Megistu regime. Favorable treatment under Megistu created a lot of resentment towards the Amhara from other ethnic groups like, for example, the Ormomo. Tedros himself hails from the Tigray region and was a senior member of the party and became involved with the TPLF after the removal of the Mangustu. 
the same party that in its 1968 manifesto called the Amahara people its, quote, eternal enemy. Just how senior was Tedros? Well, this this Ethiopian newspaper, and it lists uh, a link to an Ethiopian newspaper, listed him as the third most important member of the political bureau standing committee, which gives the impression that he was important he was more important than a simple medical administrator. The TPLF was listed as a terrorist organization by the U.S. government in the 1990s and is still labeled as one by the Global Terror Database because of its unfortunate habit of carrying out armed assaults in rural areas. The Amahara people have reported systematic discrimination and human rights abuses by the current government. Human Rights Watch in 2010 wrote a report on how aid in the form of food and fertilizer was withheld from local Amahara villages because of their uh, affiliations with the opposition party. Other forms of aid denial and and food involved the refusal of emergency health care by Ministry of Health workers, the same ministry which was at the time being led by one Tedros Ahaman. The Amahara People's Union, an activist group based in Washington, has issued many other accusations of human rights abuses against the TPLF-led government, including noting that the birth rates in the Amahara region was far lower than those experienced in other regions. They noted as a session in Ethiopian parliament that around 2 million Amahara were found to have disappeared from the population census. Not content with denying aid to political descendants, dissonance, Tedros was also health minister at a time when the regime regime was accused of covering up epidemics. A chloria outbreak spread the region in 2007, infecting thousands in neighboring countries. When it spread to Ethiopia, the government simply renamed the outbreak and called it acute watery diarrhea. International organizations were pressured not to call it chloria, despite the UN testing and infecting testing the infected and finding chloria oops i think i've been calling it chloria not cholera my bad in uh, continuing continuing on and were pressured by government employees not to reveal the number of infected another stunning victory for the health minister sorry i had to take a sip of water this is a, a pretty lengthy article i uh, promise only a couple minutes more the deadly famine which struck, struck Ethiopia in the 1980s forever associated the country with the word, but it's not entirely a thing of the past. The WHO itself, after pages of gushing reports on how well Ethiopia's health sector was doing, admitted in 2016 that at least 8.6 million people still needed, needed food aid to survive, and that the situation had not improved at all for at least four years. So at the end of Tedros' illustrious term in office, he could boast a mere remaining 8% of the population who would be left to starve to death without foreign aid. Uh, out of quote, Tedros, uh, like I said, was elected to the uh, director general chair of the WHO in 2017, which is why uh, I think that 2016 was his last year in office in Ethiopia. Uh, continuing on. But after his shining accomplishments in health, Tedros had bigger fish to fry. In 2012, he was appointed foreign minister and there quickly filed a crackdown on journalists and government opponents in the country and an attempt to extradite those who had fled to Yemen in exile. The two countries entered negotiations to to track down and deport dissidents from Yemen and imprison them in Ethiopia. Tedros himself led these negotiations. There's even a nice picture of the medical man during the talks with the Yemen foreign minister. 
And so this is the noble figure that has ascended to the role of director of the WHO in 2017. Not one to miss a chance to defend mass murders, he previously argued against the ICC trial of Yuru Kenyatta, under whose government 1,300 people had been killed after rigged elections. Not surprisingly, then, that one of the first things Tetros did after taking the WHO job was to nominate Robert Magumbe, thankfully now dead, uh, I don't support uh, that type of rhetoric, but anyway, as goodwill ambassador to the WHO, a man who ordered the killings of 20,000 people in Zimbabwe during the 1980s, end quote. All right, so that was a, a very lengthy article, uh, but I hope maybe if you uh, can't really understand with all my uh, screw-ups as far as, uh, you know, saying things wrong and, you know, pronouncing, you know, cholera as choria or whatever I did for however long, uh, nonetheless. All right, but... This this shows who is leading the WHO at the moment, all right. And so how can we take anything that this man has to say likely after hearing everything and you know just a snippet of what you know his organization and what he's done? It's really quite sad, and honestly, it really shows you know my opinion that the United Nations is a joke already. But this just shows it even further. All right. You know, it's I bring up the example all the time on uh, how, you know, Venezuela is in like the human rights like board in the United Nations, Venezuela. All right. Just think about that for a moment. <laughs> like it, it, it's ridiculous. All right. But but what has the WHO said about the virus? What has the WHO said about the virus? According to an article written by Emily Rahula in the Washington Post on February 8th of 2020, uh, titled, Chinese officials note serious problems in coronavirus response. The World Health Organization keeps praising them. As a mysterious virus spread through Wuhan last month, the World Health Organization had a message. China has got this. And as the coronavirus swept through the Chinese heartland and jumped to other nations, the WHO Directors General, Tedros Ahaman, applauded the transparency of the Chinese response. Transparency? What are you talking about? They've known about this outbreak since November. All right? And, and there's some places that are even saying that they knew about this back in October. All right? I don't believe those are uh, factual or credible uh, at the moment. All right, but, but they've known about this at the time of this article being written for four or five months. The transparency of the Chinese response. Wasn't it almost a month between when the WHO requested to go into China from when they were allowed to on February 10th? I mean, if the Chinese government knew about this in early November. The least they could have done was let the WHO back in early January, a month and a half after. What? Even as evidence mounted that the Chinese official, officials has silenced whistleblowers and uncounted cases, Tedros took a moment to extol the leadership of Chinese President Xi Ping. Now, more than a month into an escalating global health crisis, there are questions about whether the WHO's praise in the early weeks created a false sense of security that potentially spurred, spurred, spurred the virus's spread. End quote. Uh, you can read the full arg argument. You can read the full arg article uh, from the Washington Post. Uh, I always love pointing out democracy dies in darkness. Yeah. All right. Democracy does die in darkness. You know, it, it, I think democracy dies when you force people and journalists into hiding. All right. It's something to point out that in those previous articles, they always specifically say a uh, civilian journalist because in China, it's not like the United States. 
all right, a citizen journalist, you wouldn't call, you know, a lot of journalists in our society citizen journalists because journalism is their full-time job because they are hired by a private company, not run by the state. All right, just to point out. All right, but Tedros has has not said anything even though they're over the last few months as far as trying to put any blame on the Chinese. All right, and I'm not saying that we need to sit here and point fingers. Okay, but when a situation like this uh happens and you can see all of the missteps taken they, they should be held accountable okay i'll play both sides trump saying and trying to downplay this at the start you know it, that's just how trump works i'm just going to be honest all right but still he has taken flack for that and i think it's rightfully sown all right now what he has done since you know he's locked us down as far as uh locking off uh not trade but uh, you know, transportation between us and China since then, I think he's done a great job. All right. So I'm not going to sit here, you know, and poke not, you know, bad at both sides. All right. According to a science magazine article published on April 8th, 2020, the world or quotes, the head of the world health organization today gave an impassioned, but indirect rejoinder to recent comments from us president, Donald Trump, criticizing the WHO's handling of the coronavirus pandemic and suggesting he would try to cut its U.S. funding. Please quarantine politicizing COVID, Tetris Ahamun said in a response to a question from Science Insider about Trump's comments. We will have many body bags in front of us if we do not behave, end quote. All right, so for those of you who do not know, uh, he came out with a statement, he being uh, Tetris Ahamun, and, you know, and said pretty, pretty, uh, you know, up front, we will have many body bags if you do not behave. And he also put in there uh, that Trump was politicizing the coronavirus too much. All right, we can sit here and have a discussion on whether uh, Trump is doing that or not. All right, but but let's look back to the examples that I've given you. All right, and this and Tetros Ahaman. All right, he's he's he can hold Trump accountable. That's what that's his. That, I guess that would be kind of his job as the director general of the WHO. All right, but it's also his job to hold the Chinese government accountable. All right, and he's not doing that. He's simply not doing that. Look up and see what he has said about the Chinese handling of the virus. Nothing but good. All right, why is that? Why should we really be spending like Trump? You know, pointed out last week. Should we really be spending money? With this organization that will not even do what it's supposed to be doing. Right, you can't just attack one side and not defend the other. It's it's like the example of, let's say that uh, you are a, uh, let's say that you, you are a parent. All right, I'm not a parent. Maybe you are. I don't know. A lot of my listeners are pretty young. So, but you know, anyway, let's say that you're a parent and you have two of your kids come up and they're arguing about something. You don't know what it's about. But if you immediately take one side of the argument and you immediately take one kid's side, how does that look? Are you being objective? No, you're not. Are you doing your job? No. All right, you need to look down and sit the facts. And if you're going to critique one side, you should critique the other side. All right, because the WHO has said nothing bad about China. Even after the Chinese government accused the U.S. military of bringing the coronavirus to Wuhan. According to Business Insider and Reuters, Routers, however you say it, Chinese Foreign Minister or Ministry spokesman Zhao Lingjiang wrote on his Twitter account on Thursday that the U.S. military, quote, might have brought the coronavirus to the Chinese city of Wuhan, which has been hardest hit by the outbreak, end quote. 
I don't know if you, those of you uh, remember, you know, far back, you know, a few weeks ago to when this was kind of circulating. Uh, it was early March, I believe, actually, so going on a month. Uh, you know, where was the WHO? Where, where was it? This, this is so completely false. All right, and this is politicizing. All right, if you're going to accuse Trump of politicizing the uh, coronavirus, why don't you why don't you hold the same people accountable? All right, because there is no factual evidence, which is why this, you know, you don't hear about it now a month later. Why don't we hear about it now? Because there was no factual evidence. The Chinese government was just using this as a way to maybe get people on board with uh, their rhetoric, which is sad because a lot of the mainstream media in the U.S. did and ran with this story. Oh, the U.S. is responsible. Yep. Okay. Okay. What's the correct response to how the WHO has handled the coronavirus? I guess that's up for you to decide. That's our show. Come back tomorrow for a discussion about how to stay positive when hope seems to be lost. I've been seeing a lot of people lately getting down, discouraged. Let's be happy. Let's remember that with each new day that comes, new experiences are right around the corner. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at SittingWithSeth. If you would like to suggest a topic for the show, email me at SittingWithSeth at gmail.com.